HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit internationalculinarycenter.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food, we talk about music, with musical dudes, finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. Um, welcome. 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 Welcome to Snacky Tunes. I'm one half your host, Darren Bresnitz. And the other half, Greg Bresnitz. Did you want me to introduce you? Yeah. I kind of thought it'd be nice. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. I'm one half the host, Aaron Bresnitz, staring at the well-coiffed, freshly gymmed Greg Bresnitz. How are those glutes? Glutes are good. What do you, you know? We got. Well, I mean, you just got off your six-month uh, job run. We got to get back into like a, a patter. Oh, I never lost it. I just uh, practice no, at home. <laughs> I would listen to the episodes that you were on, and then I would jump in with jokes, which all killed. All killed. Uh, it's President's Day. And that means we are joined by the uh, currently detoxing Jordana Rothman. I'm back again. Back again. Here I am. Uh, Causing some trouble. Hey, quick thing. Any changes in the last year? (laughs) Yes. So this time last year, I was the food and drink editor at Time Out New York, which I enjoyed thoroughly. And I actually just left. I left in October to uh, freelance and chase down a book project and some other some other stuff that I'm working on. So I'm a free agent now. I can do so all sorts can, of things. Where can listeners send like pitches to? Um, well, <laughs> any publicist that's asked for my information the past few months, I've been really sort of obnoxious to because I don't want to get on press lists. Press lists are the worst. You know, I don't want 30 pitches a day about things that I'm never going to write about. So I'm actually being a little bit shady about it. But if you have something really good to tell me, then you can probably Just tweet at her. Jordana tweet Rothman. at me. Tweet yeah. at Jordana Rothman. You can okay. find me. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Look, if you, if you can't pique your interest in 140 characters or less, <laughs> you're wasting your time. I'm trying, to track, I'm trying to track somebody down, and I'm just going to tweet at them and see how that goes. Yeah. Who? Uh, someone from the Mad Museum. Their curator for one of the events we're working on. I was on. just there yesterday. Oh. Um, for the Art of Scent exhibit, which is exceptional, and I smell amazing. As I've told both of you already today. Yeah. I'm, so, still, I'm still not going to come smell you. 
I smell so good. Okay, I'm getting closer. She I'm, smells wonderful. Really? I'm going to just tell you something. So this exhibit is fascinating, and it has particular interest to me because I obviously, as you might know, perhaps some of our listeners might know, I really love booze. Yeah. And uh, I'm really passionate about like tasting notes and finding a way to democratize them and not sound quite so obnoxious. And um, I think there's like this real corollary between the conversation around perfume and the conversation around booze. And so at the Art of Scent, it's like really perfume has this like really quantified way to talk about its its top notes and its middle notes and all that. And it's really just like it was just an incredible kind of thing to go there and smell these beautiful classical perfumes and kind of see the points of connectivity between booze and perfume. Do you find that the, when you talk about wine, it you have airs about you or it's a little pretentious? I don't talk a lot about wine. I mean, you know, I talk a lot about booze. I, I prefer, you know, spirits. But, um, you know, that being said, I think, you know, I, I don't think it's airs. I mean, I think it can go there. But I do think that it's really about the having the ability to, like, evoke an emotional scent. Yeah. I got you. No, I, I, I totally I totally agree. I'm sorry. You got distracted. You got distracted by food coming in. Yeah. The, the end of that story is that I basically so I dragged one of my friends to come with me. Um, the wonderful bartender Don Lee, who's done a lot of lectures about perfume and so forth, and we uh, I just basically stuck my face in all of these like scent. <laughs> <laughs> these scent like aromatizers, and I just, just like, like running smell. your like wrist across. Really, the, oh. and then I discovered. I discovered a few new things. So, did you guys see that Maker's Mark reversed their decision? That was contentious. Yeah, that's a big. So, thing. if we're going to talk about booze, we can quickly get into for those who missed it. Maker's Mark, and this is due to the rise in the popularity of bourbon, mm-hmm. said that they were going to more or less water down their. That's right. They were going to bring down the proof. Their proof, um, and they they tested it. They did it. They and they, in all honesty, with the other than the decision being incredibly stupid they did the right thing they reached out to their ambassadors they tried to make it be like hey like we're really sorry we're gonna do this we can and rightfully so everyone had it uh you know freaked out <laughs> but one of the m- important things was they quickly realized their mistake but um the people who are fans of maker's mark when they wrote back to them said like we're willing to deal with less availability and outages if you don't change the product well you know i found the whole conversation around that really interesting because to me so from a sort of connoisseur perspective you know my interest is in the level of proof because as an expression you know the botanicals come through and in an interesting Mm -hmm. way at that proof and you know the control is in the hand of the consumer how much you choose to dilute it whether mixing it or you know, putting a few splashes of water in it. I mean, Maker's Mark is not like the sipping bourbon, as we all know, but whatever. But, but <laughs> on, even on more the, to that point, then, of like having to know what you're working with as right. an ingredient. But as a, on the mass consumer scale, like I read this Gizmodo article about why, you know, the Maker's Mark uh, scandal doesn't really matter because you always mix it with whatever, you know, soda water or whatever yeah. it may be, which is not how I prefer to take my whiskey, of course, because I'm not a fucking amateur. But, Boom. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we would drop a mic, but one's already broken. Yeah. But, but, you know, they all talk about the, the, the comments were all in this vein of like why they were upset was because they felt like they were paying the same amount for less product. The idea being that it wouldn't get them drunk enough. Right. At, you know, 3% less alcohol. Right. Or whatever it was, which to me is just like so sort of horrifying, I guess because I have a different perspective. Like I don't, I mean, I don't know, maybe this is an unpopular thing. I mean, I, I certainly get drunk. I love it, you know, love to just party. But like, that's not really like my I mean, end game. I, I mean, often, I definitely think so. that that's like a total, just like voting with your pocketbook type of yeah. notion on people. It's like, I'm going to pay the same amount of money to get less drunk. Like people do 
feel that way. But that's ridiculous. Like it is, to get it is, less drunk. Like it is, it's not just a, but it it, it is so it is amateur. to you. Yeah. yeah, it is to you. It is to me. But I think the majority of people who might not necessarily spend their time in like the free booze, free I mean, like, food l- world l- as oh, much as we oh, do. Oh, like that's, that's what. Like, that's, like, like, that's, let's be honest. Like the majority of people who buy Maker's Mark are mm-hmm. probably you people who like want a little bit nicer of a whiskey. But aren't really going after Johnny Walkers or Jamesons or no? I took that back. Wait, yeah, I Jameson, mean those yeah. are those are all you're yeah, talking. The, that's the that's middle, all the, that's the, same the middle of the that's, road that's whiskey camp yeah. right they're, there. They're drinking. Yeah, that's what they're drinking. Like to them, it's the Maker's Mark. It's the Jamesons. Yeah. it's the Johnny Walkers. Like that's their high end. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong no. with Maker's Mark. It's a consistent product. It's I, a, it's I really think it road, is that people just didn't want to pay the same amount to get less. Yeah, I think that's a valid. Yeah, that's a valid. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I suppose. I mean, maybe it's just like it's, it's not. Like, it's not it's, the same way that we look at it. Unforgivably naive to be like, well, what do you talk like? It's not like money equals drunkenness. It's you're drinking for pleasure. I don't drink for drunkenness. It just uh, again, I think again, di- I think it's a different. It's a different type of mindset. Also, I mean, if you just break yeah. it down, it's like it's like you're gonna charge me the same for less. Yeah. Well, anyway, they reversed it, yes, so they we, reversed can all, it. we can all get as drunk as we want. Huzzah! Huzzah! <laughs> okay, so that's that's really probably the most modern, up to date. I mean that that's that was the story that's, that's happening today. We, we can't yeah. even say the trend; that's trending. So it's for those trending. for those of you who don't remember, Hashtag Maker's Mark, probably. Anyway, so for those of you who didn't, <laughs> there's get a this chance new thing to, called Twitter. Do we have time to talk about? Okay, so for those of you who didn't listen to Jordana's episode <laughs> last year, now would be the time to press pause in this podcast. Pause. And go, pause. And go back and listen to episode 103 of Snacky Tunes, where we talked about a number of trends, visited 2011 predictions. Hey, just an update before you pause. Greg still works at the Ace Hotel. Oh, oh, good. Oh, oh good. Because <laughs> I just want <laughs> okay. everyone to know. Let's, let's talk about the era of the Ace Hotel. One of your predictions from last year was the Nomad Explosion. Right, that's right. Um, and the rumor at that time was Russ and Daughters was moving up there. That was a rumor. Did not happen. Um... It did not happen. So, yet. Nomad Explosion. Hold on, what was the pause? What? 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 Is, is it going to happen? I don't think so. But, you know, they were talking about it. It was yeah. a real It was, a real it, was it was enough that we had, like... Yeah. A, the, the candor in our voices made me believe this might happen. Um, we believed it at the time. And I don't think it, it was a false belief. I think it was something that was in conversation that didn't happen. Yeah. But, um, but the Nomad did explode. It exploded all over everyone's face. and The it, area we, or the restaurant? Uh, well, I mean, can, the two are inextricably yeah. intertwined. No, no, well, hold on. Okay. Finish your thought. Well, I mean, do you disagree that the restaurant called the Nomad located north of Madison Park is not part of the Nomad? No, no, no. I, no, no. But uh, no, no. <laughs> my question is, is that, you know, the Nomad really hit because then at that time we were talking about who's going to pay. And I think we joked about like a $30 burger, right. let alone a $78 chicken, right? which the answer is everyone. Right. Um, God bless that chicken. Which I've still never had. It's quite good. Yeah. It's quite good. I mean, listen, the Nomad is, you know, was obviously the opening of this year, you know, on the high end that everyone was talking about. Mission Chinese probably on the lower end, although I don't really think consider it low end food. But, you know, um, as far as the spectrum goes, Nomad was is a is a wonderful restaurant in, you know, the robber baron New York mold. I mean, it's a classic space. There's something utterly transporting about it. Um, in particular, you know, I'm totally romanced by the bar program there. I think that's really um, just historic and just feels... Do they serve Maker's Mark? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm probably... I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. They had some, like, they have some, like, prohibition, like, 
statues in place in case they're like, well, we've got the real Maker's Mark just <laughs> hidden away on the floorboards in case shit went down. No, so, but, so but, I know the Nomad exploded mm-hmm. at the restaurant. Yeah. My question is, did, did the it? area around it also explode? Well, let's talk about that a little bit. So I would hope so. That's so, why you're here, right? So do I? So north of Madison. So I'm 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 thinking right now about the New Milk and Honey, um, which is right around Madison Park. I'm not sure it's north of Madison Park. I mean, th- that was that was in the same breath last year that we talked about Milk it and was. Honey. Yeah. Okay. So let's just talk about that area in general. Like, let's yeah. say anything above Italy. Okay, let's say that's do you know, like the do you know what I'm saying? That, but just that that area where it's like yeah. ha, you know walking around there, still like a lot of halal shops. Yeah, um, Chandri moved upstairs. They expanded. I oh. love that place. That Cabihan across the street from the Ace. Is that what that is? It's amazing. Do you it's eat cool. there because the Breslin's too expensive? Uh, I eat there because you can get a veggie, a meat, fresh knot and salad for seven dollars. Yeah, when I stayed at the <laughs> Ace last year, I ate across the street quite a bit because oh, I could yeah. afford the Breslin. Well, so that, so, right, so that area is, I think it's still ascendant. I, d- I definitely think, I mean, I mean, Italy, you know, you make a good point, I think had a lot to do with that and just sort of bringing a new gastronomic gravitas to that particular mm-hmm. area. I'll also say another neighborhood that's sort of ascendant right now, um, I'm a little Mur- mortified to say it, Murray but Murray Hill. Hill is kind of happening right now. Who just, who just moved there? Oh, who moved there, like, yeah. to live? Someone no, I don't no, no, want no, to be no, friends no. with I thought, anymore, I can't I remember, there was a restaurant that moved there. Well, there's the Ken Friedman April yes. Bloomfield Salvation yeah. Taco Project, which is happening. Um, there is, which is open. There's um, uh, Middle Branch, which is another sort of that's what it is. Sasha Petrosky, yeah. you know, House of Petrosky kind of <laughs> spinoff of Little Branch down um, in the West Village. So there's something happening I mean, there. I had a friend that moved to 40th. Oh, and there's, sec- there's Cannibal, and and which is the extension on Resto, which is an exceptional I'd restaurant. Love. Absolutely love the Love cannibal. it. One of the best steaks I've had recently, I have to say. Just phenomenal. I, I actually don't... I mean, I guess I understand why it's not more popular because, mm-hmm. you know, Resto's right there. Like, Hannibal is really... It's like visceral meat, yeah. like beer, intense thing. Like, you're not, Wait, going you know there for, you're not going there for a date. No, I would totally go there for no, a I date. Know, I know bring, you would. Bring me a man that can take me to eat a fucking pig's head for on a date and I'm well, a happy girl. You got two sitting right in front of you. You want to go on a date with me? I yes, <laughs> and I know your boyfriend. And you're my three if you count me back here. Yeah, oh uh, yeah. We actually spoke extensively about whether uh, the first time that I met Darren, it was a date or not. It was a friend date. It was a friend date, but we did we did discuss whether or not New York. Can a, I think New York has a very steady, even though they have like that whole anti dating thing. Yeah, friend dates are very real in New York. Well, you set us up. It was the the best shidduch of all time. It was so good, right? It was really a, a good. Miss, a missed email. You want to tell a quick story? Origin yeah. story? I, I, no. Yeah. I, okay. So yeah. you just find so, us at a party. Just, um, so so we can say that the Nomad and that Murray Hill, mm-hmm. it's, it's, we're still midway. Some things didn't work out, but there are right. moves making in that are like... Which, hmm. isn't that for and, the best, um, like organic growth over time? Yeah. And what was I just reading that... Oh, Kaijitsu just moved to Murray Hill. Did it? Yeah, just... It's That's okay. what it is, right? Yeah, right. Kaijitsu oh. it left Hill. Lower East Side and just moved to Murray Hill. Oh. That's huge. That's a big one. And they're, they're expanding their lunch service. That's, that's interesting. That's really, really. Yeah. That's a, that's that's a big. So, one. and it's interesting too because why Murray Hill? You know, like there's there's things that I understand. Cheap. You think it's cheap? Cheaper. I think that there's. I but mean, it's such a. It's the built-in clientele is but not you have, traditionally what those particular restaurateurs would be going yeah, for. Yeah, you have to also the thing know is that, that those people it, are going to go to those restaurants that open because there's nothing there. But also in that oh. area, um, Spin just Buzz Media mm-hmm. is up there. We're up there. 
There's a ton of hotels that just opened up in that area as well. So no, you're talking. We're talking about Murray Hill. I'm. I mean, we're the Ace is a hop, skip, and a jump from Murray Hill. I mean, it's not. It's not that far. Is from, that the is that the new slogan for the Ace? A hop, no, skip, but and a jump from Murray Hill. <laughs> Come to New York. We're a hop, skip, and a jump from Murray Hill. But I'm Stay saying in that, in that general area that you could find like high end restaurants. I mean, in the, in the 30s, like, there's just not Look, that many good, pl- yeah. unless... You know how it is, especially for the the crowd that lives there. Yeah. Is like, the, you know, especially in New York, if you're not like a destination diner going out, you go out on at night or you eat within like a six block radius. Well, and, so, and even if you are a destination diner, yeah. I mean, the restaurants I go to the most are in my neighborhood. Exactly. Mile End, Buttermilk Channel, Prime Meats, Frankie's, you live in Lucali. Such a neighborhood. I've I never been there. Lucali? I know. If I wasn't on a detox, we would go... Tomorrow. This week? Yeah. Tomorrow. After the show. <laughs> After the show. P- yeah. Pizza round one. So, um, all right. So, Nomad, Still on the Rise, Murray Hill, one to watch out. Uh, what else do we talk about we last talked year? About, we talked about coffee, but we can just say coffee's great. Coffee happened. Coffee happened. I, I, still I, happening. The fact that Cafe Grumpy is one of the settings for season two of Girls. You know, I don't think they go to enough restaurants on Girls. I feel like they're missing that particular. But do you, mem- I mean, do you, do you remember, remember when you were 24? I ate. This is what I ate when I was 24. Like bodega sandwiches. I ate bodega sandwiches, and I used to go to um, the bagel shop. I used to wait till I was really hungry, because I had no money. Go to the bagel shop. I'd eat the all-in-one, which was an everything bagel, t- uh, hash brown, two slices of bacon, two eggs, and cheese for four fifty, and that's all I would eat. Really? I worked at Time Out when I was 24, so I ate, like, foie gras. And- again. <laughs> again. <laughs> again. There is... <laughs> I mean, I drank a lot of free alcohol when I, I was lo- so, but like as far as food went, like I think it's very appropriate that those girls do not eat in restaurants. Yeah, interesting. And okay. that, yeah, I mean, I, I can, I can see that. And but that they're at art <laughs> openings drinking shitty wine. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that that follows. Yeah, that works. <laughs> but if one of them happened to become a food critic on the show and they went to restaurants, I would raise my I'm ire. Happy to do a cameo. Um, so um, we talked about, but let's talk about um, Lucky Peach. Yes. Because that was kind of... The first issue had just come out, but now we're a year in. Yeah. Episode um, six is coming. Issue six. Jamie's got an article in it. I know. Congrats. Um, honey. Gathering uh, honey. She is my it's, honey. Look at that The grin. story that Jamie Feldmar wrote in Lucky Peach is about gathering honey in the event of an apocalypse, and it has nothing to do with the fact that Darren is dating her. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> what an... I mean, just talk about it. I mean, you know, let's expand on your... Yeah. On your thoughts, uh, they your thoughts it. of that. I mean, I think that the magazine, the quarterly, has a, has matured beautifully. I I'm really impressed with it. I think that you know they've managed to keep it really fresh and interesting with each new thematic issue. I think they're working with writers who I really respect. Um, I, I think that ener- energy wise, it hasn't flagged in a year, and um, you know I, I continue to think that that's where publishing is going. Um, you know, proprietary publishing, people sort of creative people converging on. Is it sustainable? Media. Like, I, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know yeah. what they're what it looks like on the inside. I couldn't say. But I, but I think that there, there hasn't been any copycats since then. There hasn't been another. Yeah, but you're also, but you're like, you're talking eight team writers with some of the top restaurateurs pulling together like all their friends to do a project. People could try to recreate it, but. They would no, be no, no, like, no, no. oh, but I just, I'm but not, like, yeah. oh, I'm already writing I'm for Lucky Peach. But I'm saying, like, well, if, if you're saying that's the future, yeah, there hasn't been another. Well, I mean, these things happen slowly. I mean, I definitely think that. I mean, there, there has, there have been others. Actually, there are other beautiful quarterlies. There's like Swallow, which I think is the greatest food magazine name ever. Calling, um, I love James. That's that's that takes. It's not even a quarterly. It's like uh, I think it's actually online. Swallow, isn't it? Gathers good, beautiful photos. Wilder quarterly. 
which is called Wilder Quarterly. Yeah. Which is all just like gar- more like high end gardening, but it's like very. But again, like those are beautiful niche areas, which I would agree with you. Like they're getting the yeah. best. Like, I don't recognize any of the people from Quarter Wildly, but I do know that like when you start digging, no pun intended, that you do find the Come best. On, pun intended. Okay, pun intended. Pun totally so, intended. I mean, this is what the I, dirt I mean, that comes up is neutral. Is it is it sustainable? I mean, I think that you know, Lucky Peach has managed to also position itself as a place where writers really want to be and i think that's you know that's there's a real value there to cultivating the sense that as a writer in new york working in this particular thematic zone you want to be associated with that publication and that means that you know from a logistical standpoint you can kind of like write your own ticket as to like what you pay your writers and things like yeah. that. Um, but you know, I, I just I, I continue to be really impressed with it. I can guess I ask you now, answer. as a freelancer, are you yeah. more? How do you feel about that? I mean, it's been amazing. It, it's been it's you know it's still somewhat new. I mean, I just stopped working at Time Out in October, but um, you know, I have been. It's funny. Like someone just told me that since I started freelancing. They called it Jordana Unchained, which I think was a little, <laughs> a little, it felt maybe a little inappropriate. I'm not sure, but also funny. I don't know. But um, that I've just been writing these really personal sort of things, even if it's not like a personal topic, but just yeah. sort of bringing my own voice, my which I think is fairly unique and, you know, filled with expletives and dick jokes and all of that. And, <laughs> and um, you know, I think that I've really enjoyed finding that place. Um you know, I obviously know a lot about food. I also, you know, have a very distinctive personality. And I think it's been a real pleasure for me to kind of find a way to bring that to the fore, I guess. So I, I've been really enjoying it. Speaking of finding voice, one of the things, and this will be the last one we covered from last year's episode, was talking about Pete Wells. Because yeah. he had just really started. Really? Just a year ago? Um, I mean, it was kind of like that transition time over, like, where Sam Sipston was still in the... Yeah. Was still in it, but... It, has he found his voice? Because you had said, give the guy some time. Has he found his voice in the last year? I'm a huge fan of Pete. I mean, you know, I, I'm not one of those people who become, who becomes sort of like whipped into a frenzy whenever there's a new New York Times restaurant critic. Um, I think that Pete, just as Sifton did, um, has been adaptable with the changing mores and food. And he's been flexible in terms of um, the kind of conversations. Well, what we talk about when we talk about food now, I think Pete is is pretty good at... Um, putting himself in there. I like him better. That's for sure. Than Sifton? Yeah. I mean, you liked him before he even started better than Sifton. I, 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 I enjoy him. I think he's funny. I think he's smart. Um, you know, do I always, does my opinion always align with his? Not necessarily, but like, how interesting is that? You know, if you're, if <laughs> yeah. you always feel exactly the same way. I mean, he's a real yes man when it comes to reviewing restaurants of, yeah. What? What? Was that a joke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, I mean, like, we should probably talk about Guy's American Kitchen or whatever it's called, American Truck Stop. You want to go first? American Whorehouse. Here's the, have you eaten there? Of course I've eaten there. I ate there, like, the first week that it was open. Okay. First, <laughs> okay, here's the only thing I have to say about the review. Um, I wish he had written it like a real review. Mm. Like, I think it just adds to the whole thing. And, and the whole controversy by m- making it unlike any other review. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, there's lots of restaurant reviews in the past that I can't think of right now that have been sort of free form in their own way. And that's his, that's his only one in the Times. Maybe it's his only one, For but now. there's a tradition of that kind of whimsical writing in the Times. And, and more than that, 
whatever. I, I won't even argue the format because that's its own thing. But I just found the I just found the whole thing, you know, f- wonderful. I mean, I I happened to see Pete <laughs> that week uh, right after the review came out, and he was, <laughs> you know, it was just a, I think it was a bewildering week. Um, the fact that there was such a, I think it really spoke to the kind of like notion of like a class division in conversations around food right now because all these morning shows were bringing Guy Fieri on like he was some like wounded little ferret that like you know was was like somehow just like I could just say like the the lower third wounded ferret restaurateur (laughs) Guy Fieri you know clutching his you know his his petticoats and talking about how his feelings were hurt because the New York Times reviewer picked on him I mean but he I mean Guy Fieri has to know that he has like dumbed down American cuisine for people I don't think Guy Fieri uh, cares. I, I think, and I don't think that's true either. I don't think he's dumbed down. California egg roll, like he made that. Oh fuck that! There's fuck a pastrami that. egg roll on the menu at Red Farm. I mean, but I'm like, gonna say, but that's you no, don't I, think I, that that's, I, I that's don't think, elevated. No, I don't think it's dumbing or down. that's dumbing it down. How that? I, I don't. This is. I don't. He's not. First of all, let's just get a few things straight about Guy Fieri. First thing is his that hair. his his show, Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives, is a fantastic show. That show. Agreed. The show, the entire idea of that show as celebrating like regional American restaurants and the and the the people who are behind them is a fantastic idea and I love the idea. And if it was hosted by anybody else, I would probably watch it all the time. Here, I would love here, to watch hold it. on a second. Let's I just before we go down this path of like defending Guy Ferry, mm-hmm. I agree with I agree with all what you're about to say, the logic mm-hmm. of everything he does. But him trying to pretend that he's not just like putting out schlock on a plate. I don't think that's don't, what he's trying to pretend. I, this is what I think. This, this is what I think about guys. First of all, yes, of course, I went there. The first week that it opened, I was totally fascinated to see. It was just it was a cultural phenom. You have to be there. Whether you know, I, I didn't go because I thought the food would be great. In fact, I went with very realistic expectations about what I was going to get. And mind you, I am not an elitist when it comes to food. Like no. I, I really am not. I mean, I, I can talk a big game, but I... You know, I I can I can slum it. You know, with the best of them. I like bowl noodles from like a crappy place at five a.m. And I have and and you know you know I mean I have even yeah I grew up in the suburbs like the restaurants that I grew up going to were chain restaurants like I went to those places yeah. I have a wait but high- now that you're in the city you're a Jordana Unchained <laughs> boom. <laughs> Ow, that was way too hard. That was way too hard. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, so I, you know, went in with this expectation that we'd be eating like nachos and, you know, um, like some kind of chicken tender and some sort of sauce and whatever. Exactly. And you know what? Like, I got in that frame of mind and I was like, let's do this. Give me my fishbowl full of blue liquor and give me my nachos and give me my, like, hamburger that I'm gonna like rub all over my face and just like burger you know I'm just like give this to me even on its own terms guys is an absolute failure (laughs) and that is that is what's egregious about that restaurant that that, That is the offense that's the offense that is the absolute that is it doesn't even deliver its obscene pleasures Hmm. That, that are promised on that menu and and that's 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 where I'm offended and and that's and that's where I agree as well is that it's no one's going there expecting yeah. fine dining, but if you're gonna do chicken fingers, like do them really well, and especially since or all do them greasy and what, I mean they're just the, you know the you articles- read this menu and you expect to get these like just absurd huge portions of you know incredibly just like you know just a some a fat ass wiggling in your face and tempting you with all of its like oleaginous beauty like you just like want this. 
you know, it, it promises this world of excess. And what you get is actually this like restrained, wan, boring, castrated, tepid food. And, you know, I have no patience for that. All right. Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. I ordered this burger medium castrated and it looks <laughs> well castrated. All right. Well, let's get a rundown of your favorite restaurants. Yeah. We'll play a song and then we'll talk 2013. Favorite restaurants what? From that- 2012. Right. Uh, thank you. So, uh, so yeah, my favorite restaurants from 2012. Um, so there, a few of them are actually kind of recent, um, like Chez Sardine, which just opened. I've been really impressed with Chez Sardine. You're the Sardine. second person to mention that. Yeah, uh, where's it located? It in the West Village. It's right okay. around the corner from Empeon. It's a tiny little restaurant, so you're going to have to... By the way, Stupak was on the show a few weeks he? ago. Yeah. Oh, he's... First time I ever heard about him was from you, like two years ago, three years oh, ago. He's a star. We went there together. Oh, we did. We went to Cocina together. That's he right. He says you two have a deep friendship. We have a deep friendship. You said so, that about us? No. Oh. And so much so that when I discovered emoji yesterday, I sent him like, I'm going to say between 30 and 40 successive emoji texts, which he answered um, in kind. So he's in love with me, obviously. obviously. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, so Chez Sardine, right around the corner from the Taqueria and Payon Taqueria in the West Village. So, and Chez Sardine is so small. I really think that, you know, you got a kind of... <laughs> go to put your name down go to Cocina or rather Taqueria have some drinks and then go and have your meal at. Chez it's like Sardine. a sardine cannon here yeah yeah so yeah. it's <laughs> there's like this great portrait of Mr. Miyagi on the wall and there's like it's a, it's a sushi restaurant sort of it's a kaya as well mm. food but it's really doesn't like fall into any one particular like culinary agenda it's Who, really, who's the chef it's uh, Medib, um I think it's brunette or Brene Brinkley from Fedora as well. Okay. Um, and he's just, you know, he's a Montreal chef, cut his teeth at Opia de Cochon. Um, he is what? sort of has that like demented, you know, Quebecois perspective on food and it comes through in at, at Chez Sardine really beautifully. Which is a cool name as well. Medi? No, Chez Sardine. Yeah, it's a cool name. That helps. Sardine House. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Well, for all of our yeah <laughs> okay I know that you understand French perfectly <laughs> well, Greg. Uh, oh my god alright what else what do you got okay so then there's uh, so then there's the Pines which we ate out on Saturday did you former Roberta chef former Maston Lake chef that's right well that's funny because I think of about him as Maston Lake too so so Angelo is uh, uh, he you know he was the chef at this restaurant Maston Lake which was sort of short lived in Williamsburg I thought seven months seven months I thought it was a really excellent restaurant I think there were some logistical problems there you know which we don't have to get into but I you know little, whatever it was and a little out of place maybe a few months yeah, yeah just. It just and also you know the, just the way that built that was built you know you walk by and the bar the bar is in the front so it never looks like it's full you know there's just like little things it just, I think it, Bedford that were wrong. Was, Bedford Avenue was not the right place for that but the food was exceptional and, and the I was and crazy. so much so that in fact when I was still a timeout we nominated it for a food and drink award and then it closed before the nominations were even uh, rather the the voting period did was you done. give a so, special like post Lewis award. No, we didn't do, did not <laughs> do that. Months. But um, we actually did in the past. We used to do like in memoriam for closed restaurants, but we didn't do that this year. Um, but uh, but you know he surfaced at the Pines, which um, you know this is from the same people who do Little Neck, also in Gowanus. Gowanus is really happening right now. Yeah, I mean Little Neck. Th- there's some really great food at Little Neck. I think if I were to choose, I'd probably find myself at the Pines. I've had some wonderful dishes. There. I mean, really exciting food coming out of that kitchen. We had, I mean, well, they killed us, but the the pork shoulder yeah. was insane, and the steak was great. The st- I mean, he's just, you know, he's the, it's just a perfect sous vide texture. Yeah, the just really was amazing. He does those um, filones, you know, this the the beautiful heels of bread. He just oh, brought, yeah. he brought out to our table with like 
just shaved truffle all over it and just it just it's it's totally unexpected you know talk about sort of out of place in that neighborhood i mean it's an industrial neighborhood without anything like that but going it on feels like first off it was packed yeah saturday night i mean it was like it was packed but for some reason i feel like it's a better fit out there than it was on bedford avenue I feel like well, I, there's I, just I less that, choices, you know. That, but I, I think it's a destination dining place, and yeah. so like make it a destination. Yeah, it's the whole thing is, you know, you're taking a cab. It's in Gowanus. You go, where are we? And then it's this jam in the middle of a dark block, mm-hmm. and it's just so much warmth, and it just adds to the experience because there's something else there. Well, there's something across the street, but um, and then yeah, so there's so there's that, and and. Actually, that whole neighborhood. There's a lot going on in that neighborhood. I, I still have more eating to do out there, but... What else is on your list for out there? Um, Runner and Stone, which is this new bakery oh, yeah. that's out there I'd really like to check out. Um, and they're also doing dinner, like, in a second-floor dining room, which I, it sounds really interesting. I'd like to check it out. Um, and then there's... I think it's called Fletcher's. Fletcher's oh, the barbecue, barbecue place. And I did check that out, and I did enjoy it. I was... Um, they did an amazing pulled pork, like really a, like a benchmark pulled pork. That was my favorite really? thing there. there. There were other things that I think, you know, c- could be workshopped a little bit more, but the pulled pork to me was, was pretty perfect. God. So there's New York that. barbecue is really just, if you want to talk about it, it's funny. There's been real sort of moments of explosion of, in barbecue. Like I remember, you know, when Hill Country first opened, that yeah. was like the first sort of wave of, of, uh, well, I mean, there's the always Texas been style barbecue. Yeah. And now you have, Fletcher's, Mighty Quinn's, mm-hmm. Brisket Town. Mm, oh, right. Brisket Town. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Brisket Town represents a whole other kind of thing of the sort of like, I, I won't say crowdfunded, but, you know, kind of bootstrap totally, restaurant. It is totally yeah. crowdfunded. It is crowdfunded. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the beauty of that restaurant. And I also love the fact that they do that. They took like the Franklin's model. It's like, you know, what we have is what we have. Yeah. So it's like every day is a sellout. Like from a press standpoint, that's huge. And it also creates this like. Un- unbelievable type of panic in well, <laughs> New Yorkers where it's like we ha- we have we have to go we have to go it's gonna sell out we have to go yeah. and go get brisket and just it it's a good business model yeah it's funny because I actually have not tasted his brisket yet and funnily enough he he actually Daniel uh, Delaney lives next door to some very good friends of mine in Williamsburg and um. I just happened one night to end up at a crawfish boil that he was throwing, having no idea who he was. This is before Brisket Brisket Town happened. And, uh, you know, he told me he was working on this, and I was like, oh, that sounds cool. You know, I had a hard time, like, wrapping my head around exactly how it would work. But anyway, he he proceeded to have those parties, you know, before Brisket Town opened. Right, yeah. With Brisket Labs, where people would come to his home and eat this brisket. And I was at my friend's house a number of times when this was going on. I'd be like, can I taste the brisket? And he'd be like, it's not perfect today. You can't, you can't taste it. So he, he withheld meat from me, and you know how I get. Oh, you know how I get. Phrasing, yeah, yeah. And then one last restaurant that you uh, you loved, and then we'll, we'll kind of close it out in 2012. Let's. Talk, I mean, we have to talk about Mission Chinese. Let's let's talk about Mission Chinese. Let's let's just actually let's start with the owner, who yeah. is hands down one of the nicest dudes ever. So nice, consistently nice. Uh, it's awesome to see his face on the Uniqlo ads yeah. on, on buses, and he's there at the restaurant. Yeah. yeah, which is which is also amazing. And then when he's not there, he's at other people's restaurants. Like he's out and he's which, supportive of the community. And the fact, I mean, there's so many things that's like from like that I that I think is right. It's like the the free keg, mm-hmm. which is just we uh, we went I went opening night and I was like, oh cool, free keg opening night, and then. Just to know, like, that's just a thing. That's such a nice way to deal with the fact that, like, we went, I went a few weeks ago on a Monday, and it was a two-hour wait yeah. at 9 p.m. And I was like, well, we just got it to go, but I was like, this is legitimately insane. Staff is nice. 
The kitchen's great. And Takeout, I actually think, is the unsung hero of that place. Well, and by the way, they take reservations. I feel like no one ever talks about this. Uh, they, they do. They do, but it's it's like an email a week in advance. And? I mean, these this is the same food community that fucking lined up for Co two weeks in advance at 7 o'clock in the morning. I mean, they take ye- reservations. Are you yelling at me? I'm yelling at you. Yeah. Well, you're wrong. Um, and reservations. So, actually, I mean, the general tenor of all of these interviews yeah. is you say things, and then I tell you how you're wrong about it. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> let's not forget that reservations. Is that is what's not going on? Reservations. <laughs> no. Reservations. It's not like I mean, granted, because New Yorkers want things when they want, they want it now. It's like, yeah. and they get demands. But like, you can eat almost anywhere as long as you're willing to be patient. Yeah. No. No. Okay. Well, you can't eat at Blanca if you're willing to be patient. I've already eaten there. Great. Moment of silence yeah. for Darren. Yeah, Darren. <laughs> yeah, yeah, c- congratulations. Okay, but let's let's focus on the real Wait, stuff. So, no, let's talk about Mission China. Because, okay, so a few things. I mean, you made a wonderful point when you said that, um, you know, you talked about his support of the community. I think that, you know, beyond him, actually, you're totally right. He goes out into the community. He eats at these other restaurants. He tweets about them. He makes his face seen in the world, which I think is very valuable. He also, you know, donates a percentage of all of his large plates to, I think, Food Bank, right? Yeah, it's like 75 cents. Which is such a beautiful gesture, something it's that's amazing. so simple that, Especially which is a, it's a meaningful gesture for a new restaurant. That's a, that's a large sum I, yeah, of I mean, money. And that's, I mean, on razor thin pro- profits. I mean, it's, and it's, it's, pri- it's prices are cheap. Wait, I mean, for for like the food, yeah. for the amount of food that you get for what aren't you're paying yeah. or aren't you? No, it's cheap. You said it's reasonable. It's, it's reasonable. reasonable. Yeah. Reasonable. Yeah. Reasonable. But I, I think for what you're getting and for the amount of food that you get, I think it's. Yeah, I mean, listen, and and you know, and that's a, just a beautiful thing. I think other restaurants, you know, would be wise to sort of pay attention to that model because, you know, I mean, look at what happened after Sandy. I mean, you know, there's so there's not really this like sort of quantified space for giving inside the restaurant community, and I think that you know, Danny is really leading the charge in that. And and beyond all of those wonderful things, it's just a great restaurant. I mean, the food I mean, is so amazing. A, I mean, it's just a great restaurant. We the, should go there tonight. The food is interesting and challenging. The you know. The environment is strikes just that right note of just like downtown, minimalist, cool, you know, and the service is, you know, as warm as it needs to be without being, you know, doting. It's efficient. It's, you know, it's just it's just a wonderful place. And, it's just, and let's just say seriously, though, the takeout, you can get it in 15 minutes. It's my only regret of not having more friends in Lower East Side that I don't have anywhere to take. Take it to eat. I have no regrets you on can, that front. I mean, it would still be... Biggest you, regret of 2012. If you got it to go and you hopped in a cab, it would still be warm by the time you got back to our apartment. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying it's it's great. Anyway, all right, so let's play a song. Can we just touch on one more thing with, with Mission Chinese food? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that, and this is based on what we talked about last year, that both that and Pock Pock are like two of the few very successful transplant restaurants. Yeah, the, the interloper effect. Yeah. Which is really crazy that those two... I mean, the fact that Mission Chinese food sat at the top of almost every critic's list, pretty much at the number one spot. <laughs> it's got to be a little infuriating to New Yorkers, but it also <laughs> speaks well to, you know, uh, sings the praises of, of, of what he's doing and, and how amazing it is. Okay, sure. by the, okay. anyway, the Pock Pock, t- uh, like, on Lower East Side, the Pad Thai is so good. Listen, that Pad Thai is so good. It is such an uncomfortable place to eat it. Christ. Yeah. It is like, it is just, I went there for dinner with three people and I was like, oh, we, well, we don't exist to each other. But Our backs are just... Well, my, I, see, when I ate there was like in between like s- finishing something and going to a movie, so it was oh, perfect. That's perfect. But not like a, a dinner yeah. type thing. But that pad thai is... It's so good. It's so good. It's and so the good. crepe is also fantastic. And I also like really go in on those psalms. Like give a lady like a vinegary, non-alcoholic mm. drink and she's just like... 
down for anything. Yeah, I mean that was <laughs> or just in Psalms. Yeah. You know? Okay. <laughs> All right, let's play. Let's play a tune. Okay. Uh, this is just an old oldie but goodie here on Snacky Tunes.
The International Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef's Story. Check out our ICC website at InternationalCulinaryCenter.com. This guy won't look over. He fucking refuses to do it. <laughs> oh, welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We're yeah. like second class citizens in here, by the way. It's like people like <laughs> they kind of like kind of look at us and they can't figure it out, so they just turn their backs on us. We are uh, have lovely, well coiffed Jordana Rothman, independent food writer, independent lady at large, lady at large, Jordana Unchained. <laughs> uh, so Jordana. let's is it is it Ordana? The J is silent. You know, I lived in Spain when I was in high school, and they called me Hordana, and I hated it, so let's not go back there. Are you serious? They did, or Hordy. Was that because of, oh, because of, oh, Soft J? Soft J, not because of my behavior. <laughs> what the hell? I mean, I suppose you if that was your set them up for like, well, if that was your behavior, there wouldn't be too many Soft Js, if you know what I mean. Wow. Uh, so one of the, you good? I'm good. So okay. 2012 has passed, and 2013 is here to stay for at least 10 more months. And one of the things that I feel has been a trend last year that is really kind of <laughs> kicking up this year, um, and we started probably with the Lucky Peach uh, issue, is ramen. That's right. And um, April Bloomfield did a uh, huge ramen Who pig does, breakdown. Where is her restaurant located? <laughs> which one? It was last year. She did with Ivan from Ivan's Ramen. They yeah. did like a huge like eight course. They broke down a pig and then used the pig. And made his ramen, and he is coming to the city. That's and we right. were lucky enough to get a preview at Momofuku this uh, last year. That's right. Darren and I went last year when Ivan came to town and made triple garlic mazaman. That's what I remember. The triple garlic, amazing. which was pretty spectacular. And then there was a cold ramen, there, like and a the, sort of market ramen. But mo- most importantly, the fervor. Oh my god! Was, it was insane. I mean, there were hundreds, hundreds of people. Of people. It started at five. They were out by. No, started five thirty. They're out by seven. I mean, there was hundreds of I mean, people. There's just because you human know human stampedes. You know what it was? They're probably like, oh, everyone's gonna come in and order like a normal person and just order like a ramen. But no, everyone's like, well, I'm gonna order nine ramens. Yeah, I think we ordered four between the three of us. We ordered everything on the menu. Yeah. That's what we did. <laughs> Don't try to play like I think we showed restraint. You showed no restraint. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean we. No, I mean we sh- we ordered every. I mean, of course, that's of course. what we did. We had to taste everything. Of course, and the Desara guys were there. And have you been to Desara? I have been to Desara. Very I nice. I think it's really yeah. great. They have a great brunch. They have a great brunch. They do this I don't know. In, miso in wh- praline bacon. Oh God, come on! It's delicious. I don't eat brunch. You don't eat brunch. Uh, one of my Jordana Unchained diatribes was about how much I hate brunch. It was entitled. The complete guide to hating brunch, and it was on firstweefeast.com. First off, firstweefeast.com. Chris, Chris Schoenberger. You are, he's crushing it. He's so great. He's so great. Uh, they had a Wait, post I want to know why you don't like brunch. I mean, I have my own reasons, but. <clears throat> I mean, should we get down to it? Because I have a lot to say yeah, on let's, the matter. Let's, 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 get, yeah. let's get to it. What about ramen? Ramen's here to stay. 
We're not, we're not going to say anything new about it. Okay. This is why brunch sucks. This is why brunch sucks. Okay. Well, first of all, I should I need to give snaps to First Bay Feast and Chris Schoenberger for giving me a platform to say such hateful things. <laughs> um, but, Chris, uh, you're a mensch and you've uh, created a bigger one. And I'll, and I'll also tell you that um, that in the, the fallout to my, say, to my writing this story has been remarkable. I can't even tell you the, the vitriol that I've, I've absorbed from people who love brunch you know, just they're incredible brunch loyalists. And the idea that anyone could say anything negative about brunch is just horrifying to them. And well, so you attacked a New York institution. I believe that when <laughs> a certain crew, crew or group of people move to New York, part of their fantasies that like that Sunday hungover brunch with the girls, oh, like God. hanging out, like we're drinking mimosas. So I, but let's that's, first that's of all be clear. I have no problem with eating food at that time of day on a weekend in fact, like that often winds up being the uh, de facto thing that you have to do because you wake up late because maybe yeah. you're hungover or whatever. Anyway, point being, there's so much to hate about brunch. I don't really think that we can contain it inside, that my hate can be contained inside the Heritage the shipping headquarters. Container. But I'll tell you that there's a lot of things to it. First of all, I think that it brings out the worst in your favorite restaurants. I think that you go to a restaurant that has like a really distinct identity at night. They really work hard to to extract that identity to find new ways to express and refract that identity and then at brunch it's just you know brioche french toast and pancakes with maybe some kind of like little you know like international flair if it's like a caribbean restaurant or well, whatever restaurant so eggs benedict whatever it's 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 a it's a hegemonic brunch canon but that's that i feel is is just it's got a stranglehold on the way people eat on the weekend so that's the first thing okay the second thing <laughs> is oh man i think we unleashed something this <laughs> the second thing is just the entire sort of ritualistic quality to it is a real problem for me the first like the waiting on the lines the drinking of the crap mimosas which are total bullshit and you're courting a hangover because it's just cheap sparkling wine and from concentrate orange juice and it's just disgusting and it's just a sugar <laughs> mom you're just gonna feel terrible later in the day the crowd of just the most heinous people in New York who spent Saturday night terrorizing bartenders in the meatpacking district and now they've found their way to brunch and they're wearing headscarves and big sunglasses to conceal themselves you to- say this while wearing a headscarf though i'm not wearing sunglasses so <laughs> fair and enough also, okay. and also mine is tied in a rosie the riveter like okay swirl can we find one place that mm-hmm. actually does brunch within the uh thesis or theme of their restaurant that doesn't like stray away yeah dim sum Boom. done Desara does a good one too Desara, I'm sorry. Desara is a lovely restaurant it's in my neighborhood. Josh is lovely. Kathy is lovely. The whole place is lovely. Brunch is bullshit. Don't. There is no good brunch. Brunch is bullshit. Okay. Give me breakfast, or, or give, give me, me lunch, <laughs> but don't give me brunch. Or or give me death. <laughs> what about what about Emwell's Dinette? Well, I haven't been there for brunch, but even I mean, I don't do brunch. Is what I'm trying to tell you. I, so brunch, what happens if I, I what happens if I want to eat with you on the weekend at around eat, one o'clock? Then have lunch with me. Have dinner with me. I said one o'clock. Have dim sum with me. I'll go to su- go to Sunset Park and eat tacos with me. What happens if we're go to Flushing what and eat if tacos we're with in me? Chelsea at one Darren. o'clock. Darren. No, br- no, <laughs> brunch. no brunch. Okay, just just pick it up. <laughs> MC Todd in the house. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Uh, so all right. So moving on. So let's talk about uh, Return of France. That's not where I was going to go, but sure, let's do Return of France first. Yeah. Well, so say, because all, when say, you, when, when say you, bonjour, uh, oh, Francaise. Oh my God. Because when I think like about my 
fantasies Snippy of today, dining Craig. in New York. Mm-hmm. Originally, it was like high-end French restaurants. Like that, that's like what I thought. Like when Darren's like, I'm really getting the food. And I'm just like, dude, I, I don't really know if I know French <laughs> food that well. I don't really know if like... I'm it, in- hold on. Is that what you really thought that's about? What, when I, mean, I told well, When you say again, I was like, man, is he like... Is he eating snails? snails? Yeah. Is he eating... I don't know. I talked to my brothers in New York and he's eating snails. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. French onion soup. <laughs> French onion soup, snails, and like tartare. I mean, that's what I thought about like originally my misconcept of what eating uh, in New but York yeah. was. That being said, well, I would all, eat all of that stuff right now. I mean, you know, listen, there's been a, you know, the last 20 years, you know, have been really transformative for food, especially in New York, but really just in the country at large. And we've really, uh, e- even over the last 30 years, put a lot of emphasis on identifying and developing our native cuisine, which I think is something that it was really important for us to do as a country and as a culture. Um, and, you know, names, you know, that come to mind are, you know, Larry Forgione and Alice Waters and Peter Hoffman and, um, you know, th- James, those Beard. Th- James Beard, James um, Beard, <laughs> yeah, no, Julia Child, not so Terrible much as example. far as, yeah, it's not, Terrible. not a great example, did but she like, did she like French cooking. <laughs> okay, enough with you. But um, but so you know, for so for a long time, I think you know, n- n- fine dining restaurants, fine dining chefs. They you know they chased France. This is nothing new. This is no. you know this is a this is a classic conversation. But they chased France. What it meant to eat well, to eat you know uh, in, in a fine dining setting was to eat classical French food. And there were there are very few variations of that. And if there were, you know, there were sort of like also very Western European. And when you say um, classically trained, you immediately think, oh, they're trained in the French school of cooking. Yes. I mean, and even still, I mean, even, still. E- even if you're talking about American cuisine, I mean, anyone who picks up a, a, a knife is indebted to the French because, you know, I mean, they, they quantified cooking. Um, so that being said, you know, over the last few years, we've lost our, you know, old French dinosaurs and, and we've lost our, you know, we have Le Grand Wee, but we've lost, you know, Pavillon. We've lost like all of those you know, classic old school French places, even, you know, Le Cirque as a dinosaur. Um, and it also became unfashionable, right? Like we, we sort of evolved past it. There's no more tablecloths, yeah. no more, it's more democratic now. Um, you know, we have our own native cuisine and all of that. And I think that food, like anything else, is a pendulum. And, you know, sometimes it swings in a casual direction and sometimes it swings, you know, back in a more formal direction. And I don't necessarily think that we're headed towards a revival of like white tablecloth classic French food, but I do think that there is evidence of a resurgence and an interest in French food and that it's actually going to be really exciting because we're coming at it from a very different place, right? We're not chasing France anymore. No. We're interested in French cuisine as, you know, another uh, international culture to explore through its food. It's probably going to be something like the Teresi revitalization of the Czech hey. red sauce uh, where it's exciting and they're taking what everyone loves about French food but making it their own and I don't, not better, but just different. I mean, even if you looked at Paris, like Chateaubriand, like there is a changing mm-hmm. of the guard. Yeah. Like there is a total changing guard in Paris. It's now coming over here. And people are going like, you know, the basics of French cooking is fantastic. I mean, it's great. You, you, know, the, you know, the Western modern culinary cuisine is built on that. So why are we going to ignore it? We mm-hmm. don't, you know. And what, what happened is that just like anything, when you think of one sort of type of dining and it just becomes a stereotype or a bad homage to what made it great, that's when people start turning away from it. Now people are like, well, we're going to take the better aspects. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, I, I think a poster boy for this in the next year will probably be Andrew Carmelini because he is opening Lafayette um, in this sort of Astor uh, place area, 
you know, that's sort of right across from Astro Wines and yeah. Spirits, that, that kind of area. Um, Where do you get the name for the restaurant? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Stop. So, uh, <laughs> come on, Darren. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. he, um, you know, he cooked, of course, French at Cafe Blue, and, you know, which is where yeah. he really cut his teeth. And, and for him to return to it is really exciting. And also, not just return to it, you know, but also return to it with the last you know, five years of, of the work that he's done in Italian cuisine at yeah. La Conda Verde and in, you know, melting pot American cuisine at the Dutch. And I think it'll be a really interesting take on those foods. And, and I'm, I'm excited to see it's, it it's come back be around. It's going to a hot table to get. Oh, I mean, as everything he does is. And I'm just such a huge fan of his. And I think he deserves such so much of the success that he has. And, and it's good to see. Few people could really create the scene in fervor that uh, was the opening of the Dutch. Yeah, I mean, there's just, there's certain, it was a time and place in New York dining, right? I mean, that really was. If you wanted to hang your hat on something, yeah. it was just, that, that was it. And it delivered. And it was great. Yeah, I mean, and he knows, you know, I, I, I just think that, you know, we talked about Danny uh, Bowen earlier, you know, as being just a lovely human being. And I think that um, that has a trickle down quality. I mean, you know, Danny's lovely, his staff is lovely. Andrew Carmelini, you could say the same thing. I mean, he's just a lovely person. And I think, you know, I don't know what he's like as a manager in the kitchen, but, you know, I know from my own interactions with him what a lovely person he is. And I just, I think that that comes, that, that manifests in that just sort of electric feeling, the scene and, you know, the desire to be there and, and the, hap- the, the, I agree. I mean, the happiness of the staff and all of that. And also, it's great because, you know, you never know which person that he is inspiring you know five ten years now that will get like guys sitting at the top of his game be like and he still did it while being very nice very open very friendly that it it comes it comes through yeah for sure uh so one of the other exciting restaurants that's going to be coming up in the year is alder while i do freeze restaurant that's right (laughs) um yeah that i'm really excited about as well i mean you know wiley Genius, you know, is a genius. He's he's is he, is he an unsung hero? No, like no. is he overlooked? No. Someone tried to tell me that last year. And I was like, you know, I th- I was like, I don't think so. You know, he, I do. Th- I do think that I do think that he's a chef's chef. You know, yeah. I, I do think you know I, I, whatever that means. I mean, also, you know, someone tried to tell me they hated that phrase last year, chef's chefs, and I was like, well, well, it I mean, applies. for I I sort of hate it too, but for lack of a better descriptor, I mean, I know exactly what it means, and I do think that it's that it's apt. I mean, you know, he. It, is he overlooked? I, I don't think he's overlooked, but I do think that, you know, what he did, I hate to say ahead of its time because in a sense, what he's doing has its own timelessness to it. But, yeah. um, you know, New York City has been famously unfriendly to, you know, what I'll cringe to say is like molecular cuisine. It's no Chicago. And, and Chicago is, is, is a lot more receptive to it. And as a result, you know, I don't think that he necessarily became the toast of new york from a consumer perspective as a chef but he made something um, that looked incredibly looked like toast but wasn't toast itself yeah <laughs> <laughs> i would i would high five you again but i'm afraid of how much it's gonna hurt after last ah. boom oh that was gentle he <laughs> was gentle on how me. about this for the food that he's making which is unaccessible for a large part of the eating population mm-hmm. he's this famous yeah which is is no small feat and he plays the media game he goes on top chef i mean he's revered yeah by everybody and you know what? He's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. He's a really nice guy. 2013 trend, nice people in the kitchen. No. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> but let's talk about his the new The scent new of spot. nice. Well, so, so for me, details are still a little thin on, on Alder. So, you know, I don't want to hedge too much, but I do know that it's a... seats, right? I know, I know it's a gastropub. Yeah, a gastropub. Um, and so what, what a gastropub a la Wiley Dufresne looks like, I don't know. But, um, you know, I'd like to think that he'll bring some of his, you know, iconic 
sensibilities to it. Um, but I also think, you know, here's a chef that is adapting. I mean, you know, dining has changed so much in New York City. And as much as, you know, WD50 still has its diehard fans, and I think people are even coming around to it even more now because they are you know they've we've been they've been weaned on you know other yeah. experiences and and they've watched enough top chef to know to have the sort of like receptacle points to know what it is that he's doing you know uh i think maybe in the back of his mind he's thinking well maybe i can try to do what i do but do it in a context that's a little bit more graspable I by mean, a wider group of just people just like him and uh paul Lebron going to king that's and, right. king and grove and you know, if you ever watch a documentary, he cooked burgers for a while, and <laughs> like he did that, you know. And his sort of attitude is like, if I'm, I have all this knowledge about cooking. Like, if I'm going to make a burger, it's going to be the de- best damn burger you ever had. Yeah. And with Wiley, same way, it's like he know he understands food at a level that few people really know how to understand and manipulate. It's like, if you said this is a wide difference, hot dog or grilled cheese, you better believe I want to try it. Yeah. Well, and and you know the Polly Brent thing. I mean, he's. I make really details on that one are even thinner, but he is coming to Williamsburg to the King Grove, um, which is one of the biggest shocks. That was one of the things when I read. Yeah, I went. I went. Really? Is it a shock? Yes. Think about. I mean, that level of chef, three star, Corton. Like, mm-hmm. but think about all of the no, restaurants that have been opening up and down Bedford, and like the type of people that are. I would moving, s- argue, but argue, but, argue, but Polly Brent is not going to open Corton in Williamsburg. I mean, that's you no, know. no, no, no. But arguably, probably, I think what I'm more shocked about is he's probably the most famous or biggest name chef to come to Williamsburg. I know Pichonong has got that place on the south side, some Chinese food restaurant. Who? Pichonong. I'm, I'm not getting that right. No, you're getting waved away. I'm getting waved away with his name. Anyway, but so fine. So obviously not him. But for someone of that ilk, that level, to come to Williamsburg, talk. I mean, it's, one, this is a lot about what people are saying about Williamsburg, how it's, you know, really become yeah. this new epicenter of, of culture at a more mainstream level. But two, the fact that a restaurant like, well, you know, from his stature can be supported there is mm-hmm. pretty. It's pretty amazing. Well, it remains to see if, to, to be seen if it can be supported. And and let's, you know, just remember, like, what happened with Issa. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I don't know the if I came crowd, to mind. The lunch crowd killed, like, the no lunch crowd killed them. I, like, still, I still haven't been back. Well, I, I haven't been back either. And, and you know, I mean, wh- for those that don't know the story. That, uh, God, he's so awesome. I, he's so great. And guess what? He likes a lot of my photos on Instagram. Me too. He likes some of mine too. And he's such a babe. Yeah. Yeah. You're such a babe. I'm going to predict 2013 <laughs> will be a good year for Ignacio. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, listen, you know, Isa is, um, you know, Isa was such an exciting restaurant while, you know, Ignacio was involved in it. But, you know, that for, you know, I'm sure there were a lot of different factors at play, but, you know, it didn't make it for one reason or another in its sort of experimental form. And, you know, we have to remember that, like, growth is this sort of organic thing that has to happen gradually and over time and maybe Williamsburg is, is now ready for a Paul Lee Brent restaurant. I hope that it is. I but this is the thing. It's also a hotel restaurant, which means that there are gonna be certain confining mm-hmm. restrictions on what he's gonna make and what he's gonna serve. Oh, you know, we talked about this last year. Did Nomad put a burger on the menu? Did they? I don't know. I don't think so. We could have checked any time this year. I just, I mean, that was like a big yeah. contention from last year's episode. Like, that what was there? What was there? No, what if there was, and what the burger would look like? I mean, look, I look, I, I, I <laughs> huge, I, I think, huge debate. I think Nomad 
Breslin, John Dory are all examples of hotel restaurants that go above and beyond. Uh, but but most of the people that eat at those restaurants are not hotel guests. A lot of them are locals. Right. Yeah. Also, Reynards is another example just here in Williamsburg. Exactly. But I, I actually don't think... You know, you talk about... You say hotel restaurant this way that almost sounds like a pejorative in the sense that, like, you know, a hotel restaurant is you know, naturally not going to be quite as good as like a standalone rest. But I actually totally no, think that, no, I, 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 I think that right now, I mean, uh, yes. some of our best restaurants right now are in hotels. Absolutely. I, I totally agree, but it's not, he's not going to, what, what's that dish he does? The, the garden yeah, the, dish, the like, vegetable garden, vegetable dish. garden, which is like, you know, tweezers. My, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to see that type of dish at this restaurant. Yeah. That dish is astonishing. I remember the first time I tasted it. It's a beautiful dish. Beautiful to look at, beautiful to taste. But you, so we'll see. I mean, yeah. you know, they're, you know, it. Oh, King and Grove is. It's a. They got a pool. They got that clientele. They got oh. a. You know, they're they're definitely serving that sort of crowd. And don't forget, there's a whole like apartment complex attached to it as well. I think it'll do well. It's right in the park. I think. Yeah. It, I, th- I I I actually think it's it's a great location, and I'll, I'll eat there. I'll definitely eat there, and then we'll I'll s- go with you. Great. Uh, so we're about to wrap this up. Uh, we're going to ask the question that we asked earlier. 2013. What? what? Yeah, we're going to have to wrap this up. I'm sorry. But what lies in store for Jordana Rothman? Prediction 2013. Oh, well, I would love to talk about health in restaurants. <laughs> yeah, we said our thing. As a thing that could possibly lie in store. I mean, let's, let's put that. So I'm doing one of the projects I'm doing as a freelancer right now is um, uh, for food and wine. I'm interviewing a number of chefs uh, for a large digital project and um, you know one of the things that we talked to them about is is kind of trend forecasting like what people will be talking about in the future and a lot of them are saying things like ancient grains you know like what's the next quinoa kind of thing Ugh, and I f- boring why is that boring yeah why is that boring it just it's, it seems like an old topic okay just relax over there oh my god he's just, he's everyone he split his pants because he ate too many hamburgers <laughs> so we can talk about ancient grains stop exposing yourself to me my god all right so anyway uh so anyway people are talking about ancient grains but i, I think that i think that health is a is something that people will be talking about in the next few years i do think that that's going to be a concern in restaurants and i do think that again it's that conversation about the pendulum it's like we've swung in this like incredibly indulgent direction of like you know pork and foie gras and butter pork and, and foie gras and, and pork and, and, and yeah. more and more and more and more and i do think that there is a new emphasis on you know still delicious not like you know not like cuisine mince or anything not like you know sort of ascetic food not monk's food but food that's wholesome and healthy I, you know i think that we are headed in that direction we'll see i feel like people still want to go out to restaurants and eat things that are finished in butter and salt and they will yeah but you know there'll also be other options i i think it's i think it might just be more people like the onus is on the person more and more and yeah. i think people understanding that if you go out to eat and someone wants to do the salad or the fish or like that there's not going to be that what are you like a fucking pussy or something like that like no you <laughs> eat the bone marrow and the steak and meat. it's like yeah. oh okay like this person is you know they're they're not drinking tonight or they're not going for like the red meat they're gonna eat that's interesting like on the community level that it would change i mean you know i i mean how many times have you gone out to eat with people and they're like we are we're going in we're like we're yeah. going order you know, when we well, it's an extremely permissive culture. I mean, that oh, you know, yeah. that's you know, and our intoxicants are not. You know, it's not you know, cocaine and and you know, 
it's not it's, you know, no, our, it's, it's our, not like, our, yeah. our intoxicants are like pork fat and no, um, of course. you know and butter so it, and that stuff that stuff is equally as bad for you i yeah. mean if you i mean a constant diet it's just it's tough and it's tough because and even now you see as a freelancer things like that like it becomes more and more of the role of just like, oh, we're going to this restaurant, we're going to this thing, we're doing, you know, oh, I have to eat here, I have to keep up, I got to keep relevant, I got to go to this restaurant. Yeah. And it just, you know, salads, salads and cottage cheese in the morning or fruit. Ugh. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a <laughs> green... I got, I got, I'm a, I got a cantaloupe, I'm going to scoop it out. That's, I mean, that's... <laughs> I Put have some cottage cheese. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a green juice girl and I would get mercilessly made fun of at Time Out by Mari Uehara in particular for, for doing that, but it makes me feel good and I, it's wholesome and it's a really good way to get raw vegetables and frankly, like, listen, we work in food. Like, it is not the worst thing in the world to give ourselves a, break. a chance for our bodies to regenerate. Like, it's... Oh my god! This girl over here with her Instagram. Come on, um, sit I, down. I brought a juice to the office for, on the last oh food show god. I worked on. Can I just say? Do you see what's happening? She's yeah. standing on a chair. She's standing on it. There's a girl inside Roberta's standing on a chair so she can Instagram her Bloody Mary. All right, last thing we're going to talk about: Instagramming food. She sat down. Instagramming, <laughs> Instagramming food. Yay, nay. Yay. But not like that. Not like that. <laughs> not like that. Don't be showy about it. Just keep fuck out. Keep it. Keep it classy. Can she? I mean, really? I mean, she's not even taking she's, a sip of it yet. It's just the it's straw just, still not, on. She's not, She didn't even remove the. She's kind of short. She needed a better angle. She she will not taste that thing until the and the two of them they're sitting across from each other. There's this couple, maybe I'm not even sure, uh, and they're not enjoying their drinks. It's this it's President's guy, Weekend brunch at Roberta's. Yeah, it's this couple. guy wants to cheers. He's having the whiskey. This girl over here hasn't she's not done instagramming yet mm-hmm. cheers drink your drinks drink your drinks okay <laughs> <laughs> all right well as we make fun that, of that is actually the first time uh in almost 100 episodes that we have ever broken through the fourth wall so <laughs> thank you gonna, yeah, the, so uh let's yeah. but let's say what are you looking forward to for yeah. what, what would you like to see happen in 2013 let's do two or three things i'd like to see healthy food at we already covered that well it's a thing that i'd like to see great moving on next why are you so angry about it? I know. Like, why do you take this because, umbrage with it? Look, it's not you. I feel that this... <laughs> it's not you. This healthy... <laughs> I believe that this has... Everyone always says that. Like, oh, next year we're going to be healthy. Oh, we're moving healthy. And it, it, it doesn't happen. Uh-huh. Like, it just it just doesn't happen. Like, I'm sorry. Like, the, the restaurants and the majority of people, when they go out to eat or they eat food, it's... It, and things like that. Like, it's not... It's, it's just not going to happen. Like, you're not going to get some healthy thing that compares to a steak when you go out to eat it's just not like that trend just isn't going to pop up i'm not saying it's a that it's going to replace indulgent dining it's just that when you go to restaurants there should be more options for people who want to eat healthily and they should listen let me tell you something i went to diner on saturday night which i where i haven't been for dinner in a very long time we were right down the street well, I just didn't Fine. want to see you. Fine. <laughs> but, Fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, you know, it's hard to eat in a restaurant when you have a lot of dietary restrictions. Yeah. And at the moment, I'm on a detox. I apologize to all the chefs and restaurateurs who have Ooh. inconvenienced over the past three weeks. But that's just how it I is. I can't believe you brought your uh, and juice I had, press. And I had an amazing meal there. And you know what? It was really interesting the way that they did their food. Because, you know, I told them, you know what it was. I was really polite about it. I mean, I hope I wasn't an asshole. But, you know, they made this like a hamachi dish that was like horseradish and caviar and lemon and olive oil it's a really interesting way to layer flavor without using fat to do it and i think that i think that's valid i think it costs a lot more than just doing the way that people have been cooking fair 
Okay. Fine. And people will pay with their wallets and their good health. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Next thing, I will say that I'll make my annual plea for my craft cocktail dive bar. Dram still does not feel that niche for you? No. How is that not possible? I feel like Dram is my favorite cocktail bar for that stuff. And it's because you go there and sometimes you'll have Frank there with a tie or sometimes you'll have there like Jeff and a wife beater. I'm sorry, but it's just not dirty enough. If there's no... Like, do you want like a Mars bar serving type those type of cocktails? Kind of, yeah. I want I want there to be like the wrist that I'm like walking home with lice. Like, yeah, or... Because, but the, and then you're going to pay... $14 for a cocktail? $9 for a cocktail. Between 9 and $11 for a cocktail. Which is what the price points are at Dram. Yeah. Dram is not a dive bar. I mean, in what world is Dram a dive bar? Dram's a great bar. I mean, Frank is wonderful. Tanya's oh, incredible, but it's not a dive you, where bar. Where do you think this place could exist? Let me tell you. This is where it stems <laughs> from. First of all, there's there's evidence that there, there are people trying it. First of all, there's no preciousness at all. I want it to be I a can dirty... I respect that. I want it to be a dirty bar... I want to feel like probably there's someone having sex in the bathroom, co- cocaine residue, you know, in place. I want it to feel just filthy. Okay. Second of all, I want there to be really good music. And this all comes from, by the way, just to go back, we'll, we're rewinding like three years here with our President's Day show, but Painkiller, it was a tiki bar, but it was also a dive oh, you're bar. Oh, p- you're into tiki drinks? Not anymore. Not, not anymore, but... <laughs> it's been two years. Yeah, but, but when Painkiller opened... It was a great bar and it was, you know, obviously did tiki drinks, but it was really a dive bar. And I love that feeling. It was like narrow and dank and underground. And you thought that like a fireball might like zoom through the space at any moment and you could have shots and you could have really great drinks. And that is something that I would love. I I really would love to have that feeling. And then also, you know, Mother's Ruin is not a dive bar, but it's sort of getting at that kind of thing. Okay. One last prediction. What do you think? I just... I don't care about predictions. I want to know what you predict for yourself, how you see this year unfolding for you. I'm going to write a book. Okay. Really? Or I'm going to be sort of on my road to- towards that. I can't wait to read it. I think... Don't ask me about it next year if I don't, okay. <laughs> if I don't have a book deal. <laughs> predict- Let's not talk about it. <laughs> so uh, this is how Predict will open 2014. <laughs> so your book, you're like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Well, Jordana, thank you for joining us. Oh my God, thank you guys so much. It, it, it's a shame that it only comes once a, a year. Shonda. A Shonda. Well, maybe we'll bring you back halfway. Th- well, you've always been busy. And you used to only do this busy. one because it was the only time you could get out of the office. That's true. But now maybe like we can do like a... Midway checkpoint. I want to come on with with <laughs> with DJ Diesel Boy and do a oh, yeah. special. Okay, all right, let's set that up. <laughs> we'll set um, that up. Let's uh, give people nuts and bolts. Where can they find you? Twitter, Instagram. Yes, um, on where Twitter, to send press list requests? <laughs> on Twitter, find me at Jordana Rothman, just my name. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at Hips Lips Quips. Um, on Craigslist, I post under <laughs> Big Boobs <laughs> Josie. Big, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, one last question. Did Jewish food take off in the last year the way oh, we projected it? Definitely did. Scandinavian food? AXA. Aska. Yeah. Aska me next year, I'll tell you. Okay. All right. So we're going to play a couple tracks. We're going to play one track. Uh, and then we're going to take a quick pause and reset for Snowden, who will be live in studio. Which will get stitched together in the podcast and you'll never know. Uh, and then uh, we'll be right back. You'll see Snacky Tunes. Here we go, another oldie but goodie.
Woo! Nice. Snowden, welcome to Snacky Tunes. You want to uh, introduce well, yourselves? And that song. Yeah. Ooh, it's so dramatic. I know, I know. New mic, mic change. Uh, that song is So Red, and uh, we're Snowden. And um, this is, uh, I'm here with Yoey today. Yoey is a bassist in the band. Hi. And uh, the Jor- lucky owner of some of the best hair to ever come into our studio. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's glorious. That is, that's a head of hair, my man. Thank you. Dude. As one who, who is losing his. <laughs> I'm envious. I value. He has um, he has the most hair in the band by far. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's good. It's a, it's it's locked. It's that rock and roll. I was watching a Motley Crue uh, flashback on VH1. Oh and yeah. Just like marveling at the do, and then realizing, wow, I have that next to me. Every yeah. Night. Yeah. Are you thrashing that hard? I, I feel like I, I try to. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like that that uh, even I mean, it's a, the slow songs you gotta just whip that hair back and forth. Yeah. If you've got it, use it. <laughs> yeah. If you got it, use it. Hey, can we shout out Preston? Preston, Preston, Preston Craig, my brother. Uh, one infamous. of the one of the best dudes ever. Yeah. If yeah. you don't know Preston, that's on you because he knows everybody <laughs> and he's the best. That's right. Just like you guys. Hey, hey by the way, do you, hey Preston, you think you can get me to that show? Yeah, exactly. That, that, that oh, hey, can you get me on stage at ACL for Girl Talk? Okay, cool. Thanks, Preston. Oh my god. See, now it's expected of him all the time, and now he's like, ah, I got to deliver. Oh, ah. he feels the pressure. Uh, you know what? I think he. I think he's above the pressure. Actually. I think so too. Yeah. yeah, is that's what that's what's getting to him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Jordan, it's good to see you as always, yeah, buddy. Good to see you. Um, I miss you guys. I miss you. Well, that's what happens when you leave town. <laughs> when up? you leave town. Yeah, I know. Move to I Austin. Know. I know. Uh, so let's let's take a let's take an examination that lasts let's say three years or so mm-hmm. since uh, Snowden came out. Went away. Now it's on its way back. That's right. What happened in the in those in those years? Uh, I was trying to find a good way to you know to release the record, and um, and that stuff takes takes time. So I uh, finally got it put together, and my my friend in uh, Kings of Leon is a really good guy, and he's a big big lover. We love the same music, and he was like, you know, I, I think I can, I think I want to put your record out through our little label, and um, and. Uh, you know, since he's such a good guy and we get along on so many fronts, it was like, okay, well, that, that makes sense. You know, I, I trust that this will work out. So that's what we did. It, took, it takes time, but hopefully it's worth the wait. Is that new song that you just played on the record? It is. It is. Well, then it's worth the wait. It, it is, is worth the yeah. wait. Uh, so, and, and, how did it, and how did it go? Like, where did you, you know, you had a full band. They're not really part of it anymore. It's like, and what type of changes did you approach to this record and this time around versus, you know, when you just kind of came out of Atlanta mm-hmm. uh, as a group? You know, four or five years ago. Well, I mean, it takes it takes a lot of energy to keep um, to keep a band going over such a long period of time between releases and people grow up and they have kids and they get real jobs. I, I don't uh, quite understand. Not quite understand yeah. what you're, I'm you're, you're in Williamsburg. You're, you're in Williamsburg. Like, you guys are still young. You're like 21, 22. But when you get older, yeah, you don't sure, realize, you sure. Don't realize the um, you know that that comes knocking at your door and you, you know your girlfriend since you started the band is uh, biological clock is ticking and. Uh, you know, is, you I've seen my changes. cousin Vinny. Yeah, <laughs> I know how it works. Sometimes the baby's got to drop before the album does. That's, uh, oh, ooh, bump, bump. <laughs> pretty good. Thank you. It's pretty good. Uh, and then, so how did you how did you keep it going? Um, the curse, my, the my, blessing, my, and the curse. Maniacal obsession with, um, you know, this is this is. I have to do this. I've got to. I've got to get this record out. This record has been in the works. I mean, I, some of these songs were written um, six years ago, and so do you, it was like. Do you uh, feel that it's it's out of you now? Has have have you pulled it from the depth of your soul and put it into some form? When I went to the studio and when I left the studio, I hadn't listened to I hadn't listened to a single 
cut of the track since. This is stuff that I listened to every day for hours while I was pouring over right. it. And I, the other day, I had to, Preston's putting together um, a light show, and I had to pull up copies of the you know, tracks from the record that I had specifically, I'm just like, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear things that I could have changed and everything. And I had to listen to them, and I was going nuts, like having to sync up the light show to these tracks and headphones. In a good way? No, I mean it was like I don't, I don't want to. I, I, I wanted to put it away. I wanted to put it to bed, like especially like the recorded. Aren't part. you going? Oh, okay. But the recorded part. Okay, because you're going to go tour. There's something bizarre about. I guess if you're like a when you when you work in a medium that there's one version and then that's out and that's what's whether it's like a book um, or a record and once it's out that's it. That's the only version. There's so no do other. you appreciate something like when like Justin Bieber releases his album as an acoustic version? I mean, first of all, the the, the, the Beeb, if you will. The Beebs. Um I mean transcends uh you know, I'll place it Yeah, exactly. So what Beeb does is greatness. Yeah. <laughs> If you will, yeah. And I'm trying to get someplace, you know, a few levels below that, to be satisfied. I mean, it seems like a, it seems like an appropriate place to be. Mm. Yeah, a few uh, steps, Bieber, a couple of steps down. Scrubbing Beeb's bowl would be. Yeah, uh, I mean, that'd be Snowed a, in, a few steps below the beach. Making six figures. That's a. Um, that's work, an interesting. Working the bass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's hear. Uh, let's hear another song. You want to yeah. rip another jam? Yeah, let's rip another tune. Well, just so you know. We are recording this into a podcast, and so this will be exist- is that what this recorded is? in another form. Oh, I love it. Yeah. 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 So you can maybe, if you like this better, yeah. you can just kind of... Yeah, just slip this track in. Snacky Tunes, Snacky Cut. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, Snacky Cut. Snack or cut. we like to call it a, a Tasty Track. Nice. No, we don't. <laughs> well, I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> what up, Jack? Turn the mic up. Your mic up. This okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to turn the mic up. All right, yep. so here we go. We got Snowden... Recording it. Check, check, check. Yeah? What are you going to play? Uh, this song is. This no, song is I'll, called. No, reverb. <laughs> reverb, come on. Yeah, you want to? Yeah. This song's called Lemony Arms. <laughs> oh my god, here we go. President's Saturday, Day. Saturday, Saturday. <laughs> uh, can we hang out with that microphone after you leave? <laughs> Just do it. Uh, what are they called? Pukes? You yeah. Can do great things with this microphone. Alright, here you go. Live on Snacky Tunes. Oh, oh, oh. 
prepared to come in here and drop the rock um, you can always drop, can always drop the you rock. can always drop the rock here right. man it's, <laughs> yeah it used to be uh when we used to have djs on here and they'd be doing you know big club sets at oh, like 2 yeah. 30 so it be, it be in a uh yeah a car so what yeah. is uh being on the kings of leon label like does that uh influence <laughs> your are you a prince of leon yeah uh, squire of leon squire I, I'm a, scri- a scribe joker yeah maybe, yeah in the court of the duke of leon yes uh, food tester. Yeah, that'd be applied. To the show. Oh, apply to the show. What? Hey, so you've lived in Austin, New York, and Atlanta. Just, yeah. Who's got the best food? Oh man. As the, as the official food taster for Kings of Leon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god. Um, no pressure. I tell you, uh, Atlanta's got great food. Atlanta's got a really great food culture. What was that place um, across the street from MJQ that had like the rib tips and? Uh, it's called the Claremont, Greg. No, not yeah, the Claremont. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That was, there were t- there were tips of ribs yeah. there and no, no, tips yeah. of nipples. A- across yeah. from MJ- Definitely some tips. <laughs> no, MJQ Drunken Unicorn had like the rib tips. It was like the um, the biker bar. The biker bar. Oh, uh, I think it was called like Dukes or something. Yeah. Okay. It's um, it's a favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Rib oh, tips, man. man. Gotta love them. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a um, oddly enough, it's a it's a black biker bar. No, it is. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's and it's, we, we walked, it's, it's the real deal. We walked in there. Uh, Wait, how's that an enigma? Well, I mean, I when it, you know, whenever I see black bikers on Harley's, it's like oh, awesome, you know, fair. And uh, to see an entire establishment devoted to that, you know, is uh, I feel like it's unique. Maybe yeah. not an enigma. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we, so, we walked hold on, in. wait. So we walked in there after one of Preston's parties, and they were like, 
y'all in a band? I was like, no. Yes. Just say yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so, uh, so what's it like being the, the squire of Leon? Uh, let's see. Where does that come from? Yeah, what is turn it? Down, uh, um, turn down the t- uh, channels to the right. All of them. Yeah, master. Um, what's it like? Uh, I mean, they're just, they're good guys. Um, they, you know, my main, my main guy is, is the bass player. And, uh, and, you know, like he's a big, you know, pitchfork aficionado. And so we'll sit there and, and talk about, you know, did Kanye deserve a 10? And, uh, you know. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, is that a yes? Or did he deserve a monkey peeing into his mouth, you know? Ooh. Oh. Um, but anyway, so we just, um, we love uh, we love the same music, and it was like, you know, they, they, they've they got, you know, finances to, to invest into it, and that's, you know. <laughs> they've done all right. I yeah. mean, th- this question is going to, I and I only say, this question will dog you your entire lead up. Someone will inevitably oh, ask about it. Yeah. So consider this like a, a practice a little, ground, a little toss yeah. For, for your for your, your I have I have friendly a friendly fire here. Well, this is just you know it's like people are going to be like, eh, is this the first album yeah. they put out on their label? Um, they have put out uh, two other records. One by Justin Bieber's first yeah, 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 single, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is which is never still, say never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I mean they put out they started by putting out a friends band, their friends band in Nashville, which is a band called the Features. Okay. Um, and then they've done. A, they did a record by this band called Turbo Fruits, which is the old bass player from um, Be Your Own Pet. Yep. And um, Be Your Own Pet. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Wow. I know. Where are they now? What? Turbo Fruits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly where they are. Man, you know, there are so many bands that I've seen, like not bands I've just seen like once, like so many times in like the scene, like you know, the South by and the circuit and things like that. That I don't even that I don't even think about. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, well, what ever happened to you? You're about to get back into it. I mean, yeah. you, were of that, you were of that 2004, 2005 Here's class. my question. Yeah. Did your feet ever get dry? You know? Are oh, you- totally. I mean, it's, I mean, it's been six, six and a half years since when my record came out. <laughs> my last record came out. So, uh, what? Your feet are dry, like, I mean, especially for a band like me. Like, like we, we did all right, but um, we didn't really get, you know, we didn't get too wet, to, for, to continue on the metaphor. Are you trying to get soaking now? Yeah, no, I'm trying. I'm soak. Trying, yeah, so now the next year it'll be, it'll be head deep. It'll be... How do you train? Um... <laughs> Star jumps, um, Herkes. Uh, let's see. No, let's see. I, I actually, this is not, no joking. Uh, I've been singing and playing guitar for the last two weeks, trying to get to where my hand doesn't cramp during some of the songs, and so that my voice doesn't go out like the first show because it's been so long since I've sang and played. You know, ten days in a row. So I mean, and and what is your you know uh, last question before we hear one more song? Mm. What is your approach to this you know second time around? You know, are the things that you didn't do the first time. Uh, that you would like to do this time, or is there a certain like mental approach you'd like to see this time around? Um, let's see. I am not going to take things quite as seriously this time. I'm gonna. I'm trying to have a lot more fun and not be nervous about things. That's the, and that's it. That's yeah. the that's life, right? Yeah. Uh, so what are you gonna eat on the road? What are you looking forward to? I am what? a I am a subway sandwich everyday guy. Um, are you upset that the the five dollar foot long is actually the five dollar eleven inch long? Uh, you know, I saw I saw that post yeah. on Gawker about the bread. I I can do without the inch. You know, I'm not gonna. Not gonna, not gonna that is not what phrasing. she said. Phrasing. <laughs> um, okay, well, so, so that's it. Just Subway. There's no city. There's no meal. No city that you're like. When I go back on tour, I'm gonna go eat here. Oh well, you see, that's that's every time we go into a city like the, um, my other guitar player, uh, he was pulling up diners and dives, and we were hitting that in every city. Yeah. But man, when you do a diners and dive dine before a show, I mean, yeah. Oh, uh, that's, that's just, no, but that's 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 the after party. It sits in you like a rock, and that rock is not. 
which so I want to be wrong rocking. type of rock. You don't want to rock out like with a that. molten cheese potato y oh oil. Shrimp. We were in, we were in Chicago and we were like we did, we did, did like po boys and stuff. And, and uh, you were feeling wow, po boys. Just, just just the coma for sound check. Yeah. And, you know. uh, so nuts and bolts where people can find you. And where can they get the new album? Uh, the record doesn't come out till May 14th, but the singles and stuff are up on our on our Facebook Snowden you know Snowden Music. Um, so so yeah. sh- so thank you Presence Day. Thank you to Jordana, yeah. the whole Heritage family, and uh, I will be in Saigon for the next two weeks. I'll be here. He'll be here. So um, yeah, fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining thank us. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Preston. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to take us out with? Uh, this song is called "Keep Quiet." Right. Another another mellow tune. Okay. And keep it
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.